you know what that song means. It is time for 20 plus minutes of well-rehearsed, well-choreographed, well-thought-out and inspiring and thoughtful uh, hockey analysis as we welcome you to Plus Minus, a hockey podcast, Oil Country Edition. Uh, Kraus is standing by. This is Zuby here. Playing hurt under the weather a little bit, but uh, we're going to do our best to uh, give a few takes, maybe entertain and give some predictions that you absolutely should not go and bet on because that's been a slog so far my friend and you we both got screwed we're gonna get into that a little bit later but man i think i think we've just had some bad luck part of it's been bad luck we thought we nailed it i you know i thought we were gonna go two two for two last week and uh, that was unfortunately not the case that was the literally i even said I was taking the, <laughs> the low-hanging fruit, and um, I, that someone moved the fruit up. Someone had it on a pulley or something. Just as I reached to grab the low-hanging fruit, it was taken out of my reach. We're going to get to that. I'm, I'm under the weather. I'm playing hurt, so I'm, we're, we're just going to hustle, hustle through and, uh, and get into it. Get into the meat of it. Try to have a nice, nice tight show today for the listener. Uh, not plural, as I think our we got one view on YouTube last week. That's okay. We're doing this for fun. We haven't promoted it at all. Maybe maybe we'll start to build an audience. We're gonna do that once we like really nail a show. I don't think we've done that yet. We're still learning, so we're getting there. So let's get right into it, Cross. Uh, let's uh, I'll do it. What, what was the quick recap? You're gonna talk about this a little bit more, but since our last show, the Oilers um, had won three in a row. They beat Minnesota, Jersey, and. Um, the Hawks, and then they they fell last night. A uh, bit of an ugly one to uh, ugly, an ugly loss, an unfortunate loss to Tampa seven four. Uh, Kraus, go ahead and hit us with your plus. Well, my plus is going to go to the captain Connor McDavid. Uh, his commitment to defense is something this team, the Oilers, have needed for a long time. When he does it, like in the playoffs, it changes the whole dynamic of the team. And when you're best offensive player uses all of his skills and commits to both sides of the puck and commits to a 200 foot game. It changes the dynamic of the team. If, if he's doing it, then everyone else has to. And, 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 you know, it's been noticeable that he's been on the back check. It's noticeable that he's, you know, picking pockets, you know, can he take his game to the Datsuk level next is, is going to be the question. Yeah, he's had he's had the jump. There's no question. He's especially in in the winning streak in this eight game winning streak. He looked different, and I agree. I've seen it at both ends of the ice, and he's looked like he's looked like playoff Connor. And and I think um, I don't know too many of the guys kind of waltzed into the year thinking they might not have to flip the playoff switch until they were at game. 70 and really ramp it up then and um so great awareness by him i think to to recognize that too the yeah. times now we're in a we're in a playoff fight now and of course it's dramatically changed um in the last three weeks but yeah they need that from him yeah well said um i'm giving my plus to this is the goalie and me talking i'm giving my plus to Stu skinner now not not for what he did on the ice last night because that was a clunker um all three of the goals in the third period, and you hate, I mean, I know, playing, I hate, no matter what the goals are, even if they're good goals, man, am I ticked if I give up a lead in the third period. 
Um, but those three goals were all clunkers. Even even the the um, tying goal, the third goal uh, in the game, that is not the third of those three, but the third goal in the game from Stamkos, that, w- that was an incredible play by Stamkos to bat it down. But And that's not the problem with the goal. The problem with the goal is that he shot a rebound out there to the side that he wasn't, he thought he was, he thought he was smothering that first shot. You can see he, his reaction to seeing it pop out. He wasn't expecting that. So that's not a great rebound. He, he didn't really have any chance to stop the shot from Stamkos because that's an incredible shot, but misplayed the original shot. So that's why I'm down on him for that one. And the other two, you know, I think pretty obvious, but the plus, it sounds like I'm giving him my minus. I'm not. The plus is that he came in the room after and and talked to the media and faced the music and said outright, the guys didn't do anything wrong tonight, I'm paraphrasing. They deserved to win. They did what they needed to do to deserve to win. And I didn't. And I didn't. And um, the loss is on me. And I totally appreciate that. And you don't want to... You don't want to have to come out and say that after every loss, and then you're kind of getting into Jack sad sack Jack Campbell territory. And I love yeah. and I love Jack Campbell, and I wish I still am hopeful that he can come back and contribute to this team. Um, but yeah, that's where to to say that you have one clunker to say that I think it's it's takes ownership of it. I think the players rally behind it. I hope, but I I do believe that they do. They go, come on, this isn't all on Stu. Let's go, boys. We got to be better next game. Um, and, uh, so I like that. And I'm also giving him the plus to giving him credit for what he did in the previous seven wins, which is uh, seven wins, one shutout, a 1.74 goals against average and nine, three, four save percentage. Those are elite stats. Yes. Those games, he was, uh, not caught, you know, he had lots of 25, 26 shot efforts in there. 39 against Carolina. That was probably his best performance in there, but he, uh, it's enough, you know, like people are already, people are panicking again last night. Oh, this is what we said. You can't win a Stanley Cup with this kind of goaltending. Well, you can if you get, if it's, if that's one of eight and that's even, I just thought of this now, Chris Knobloch has talked about how he's separating the season now into eight, eight game segments. Well, if you get seven really good performances from your goalie and one clunker in every eight, you're going to be just fine. So that's still the first segment of these eight game segments of that Chris Knobloch has coached for. So I'll reserve judgment, but I, uh, so, so what we saw from Skinner last night might be indicative of some of what we've seen from him earlier in the season, but I'm still like, I'm looking at it as an eight game segment and I'm fine and have confidence in Stuart Skinner in those eight. So let's see how he turns it around, comes back if he's starting against Florida on Saturday and he's my plus and he deserves it. And that's fair. And, I accept your explanation, even though you are a known goalie apologist. Yes. Uh, but I, I, you know, and I, I, that kind of that kind of flips into my minus a little bit because Stuart Skinner is involved in my minus, and I'm with you. I, okay. The body of work over the last eight has been solid. Um, I'm with you on you got to take bites and look at it in a in a chunk, and then when you zoom out, oh, it's a, it's just a blip on the radar. That being said, the consistency is something that we have lacked for going on 20 years. <laughs> like, I, I, and, I, and, you know, so my minus is, is going to the fact that we were on track to go two and two for our predictions. Uh, you got derailed by some bad reporting in the LA Dodgers. And I, I, was, I was a victim of circumstance uh, by us 
uh, by us moving the podcast to this morning. And our our loss last night um, spoiled my... Spoiled my prediction. So my minus goes to the streak being over, not because the Oilers did anything terrible with it, although Stuart Skinner's got to wear it, and he did. And, and yeah. you're right. He, and, I, you know, and I think as a player, I you know I would accept that too. Uh, but the oil the oil streak coming to an end after they put 50 shots on the board is a, is a minus. Agreed. It's a game they should have won if you look at uh, some of the deeper metrics too of scoring chances and – uh, high danger and even puck boilers won puck battle percentage last night by a, a huge margin. So it is just one of those games. It did come down to ultimately one goalie was better than the other one. So hundred percent. That's happens. fair. That's <clears throat> okay. Pardon me. All right. Very good. And we'll get it. We're going to get into breaking down uh, the prediction that if, uh, if people didn't follow along on that, we're going to break that down in a little bit more detail in a couple of minutes. So I'll give my minus, which is I'm giving my minus to Leon Dreisaitl, um, a player who I love this player. Let, let's be clear too. Um, I love this player as a fan of the team and as a fan of the game. I love this guy and he's an emotional player. And, and um, I guess if you're a fan of an emotional player, then you, you have to ride, you ride the highs and you ride the lows, but like the body language, and the kind of moping around and taking bad penalty. I mean, he started the Oilers off in a terrible spot last night to take that penalty that was really unnecessary. Um, you can you can argue the validity of the call, but I don't know. It's it's a penalty to me. And Kucherov's over near the corner of the ice. He's not in a scoring position, so you're not preventing a goal at that very moment. So it's a bad penalty. They scored on the power play, put them in a hole, and even I just feel like even through this seven game or eight game winning streak, I should say, he's still just kind of like, he hasn't found his groove and, and he's just, it feels, you can feel this like negative energy with him out there on the ice. And I just, I don't know. I think you need to mask. You can be that way. It's, it's fine. You're an emotional player, but you have to find times to mask it a little bit. I feel like he's the guy that the, the other players are probably like, don't, don't piss off Leon. <laughs> <coughs> don't say anything like, that's gonna that's gonna piss him off because that's kind of the energy he's out there putting he's out. He's got he's got heavy energy, uh, and and I don't know if he even realized. I mean, he must at that level. You must, but you know, he's got heavy energy, and when you have got heavy energy, you have to be aware aware of what happens when you walk into a room, when you open your mouth, when you decide to take a leadership position. You know, everyone's watching you when you're that caliber of player as well. So you're probably right. You know, he probably deserves a minus. And I'm usually a Leon defender and apologist. But I think in this case, you're right. It's, we've, we're going on a, a pretty good sample size now of, hey, man, you got to be the guy who's picking people up. And and you're, you can't wear disappointment on your face like that. And let me and, and, la, and uh, speaking of minus last night. Uh, he was minus two, zero points on the four goals. He did have seven seven shots on goal. So, um, but I also understand. I'll, let me say too that I understand his frustration. Might as it might be related to his line mates. Um, Connor's line, the top line, is completely seems like it's completely short up now with um, Hyman and, and Nuge. Uh, so for the last half of the previous game, half of the Chicago game, and then all of this game. Uh, they flipped, basically they flipped centers, uh, McLeod and Dry. So Dreisaitl's playing with Fogel and Janmark. And 
I don't know. I'm just not, I just, you know, I'm not seeing much there. And I, and I could, because here's the thing, Dreisaitl could do it all, but if he's, if you're expecting him to be a finisher, neither one of those guys are distributors. And if you're expecting Dry to be a distributor, neither one of those guys are particularly finishers either. So I feel like he's being dealt a bad hand there. I thought I saw a really good, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, chemistry actually between Kane and Brown on the third line last night. So those were his previous wingers. So I don't know. I think those guys got to get back with Leon um, because every every time there was the chemistry between Kane and Brown too, I always kept thinking, who who's the center? Because he was never there. He never felt like he was there. Like those guys were made some plays in small spaces. And I was like, oh, this looks like something. This could be something. And then and then it was McLeod who, who was around. But I mean, you know, not really. And that's so I feel like that's maybe where they end up back there. But um, yeah, I, I feel for Leon in that sense. It feels like Connor's got the top guys who are really clicking and firing as his line, mate, line mates. And then you've got Leon and he's got like the scraps and they're just trying to find something that fits for him. So I would be, if I were going to make a Christmas wish for Leon, it would be regular line mates who can contribute on the, on the level that he expects. And I have a feeling that that's going to be Kane and Brown or someone else who I'm going to get to in my prediction. I like it. Um, all right. That's plus minus. Let's get to our second segment, which is called keeping score. Oh my goodness. Do not use us as your, please do not bet. We're going to keep doing it, but until we can get rolling for now, as we've mentioned before, this is for entertainment purposes only. Please do not use us as your uh, betting uh, compass or whatever you want to do. Do not take we, our recommend or go the opposite. You can use us to bet yeah. the opposite. You know what? You might want to fade us, and we might need a, a, a not financial advice disclaimer. Actually, we might yeah. have to contact legal on this one. Yeah, we'll we get that off the top. Um, so, so the idea of keeping score is that we make predictions long term and short term, and the short term prediction has to come true by the time we do our next show. And the longer term can be anything, but um, it has to have a time limit set on it. So. So last week, as we were recording, we were in the middle of Otani Plain. We were in the middle of the Otani Plain sweepstakes, and I called it after because even uh, this this guy, I'm a Moro, this Morosi guy uh, from MLB Network, had reported that Otani was on the Otani Plain, not the uh, Shark Tank guy. And uh, so I called it, saying I was picking the low hanging fruit saying I'm I'm calling it Otani to the Jays it's going to be a done deal and and it was not I got a thumbs down a minus for that one and Kraus yours was that the Oilers win streak we can just dive into this a little bit more your short term prediction was that the Oilers winning streak would continue until our next show and that's where the snafu came because if we had recorded yesterday we typically will record Wednesday or Thursday if we had recorded Wednesday or Thursday before the game you would have been correct but because we decided to record Friday morning, the Oilers played the Tampa game. They lost. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think this is a learning. I can't give that one to you. This is a learning moment where we got to be even more specific with and our I, time I frame. Appreci- I appreciate that. And you're right. I will, however, take solace in the fact that my long-term prediction, while based around Otani, is still alive. Still technically still accurate. Alive. You want to explain that really quickly? Well, yeah, I, you know, the prediction was that he, uh, the Jays win the World Series, 
and Otani wins the MVP. I didn't say he would win it for the Jays. That's right. So they could still meet in the World Series. He could still be the MVP, and the Jays could still win. He could still win the Cy Young the next year, and the Jays could still repeat. So I'm alive. Wow. Okay, well, I, I'd love to see the odds on that if we put that one to Vegas, but none of our other long-term predictions have cashed yet, have happened yet, and uh, we're going to keep you all updated on those. Uh, so for now, let's get into short-term. You want to go first? Sure. I'm going to double down on my on my last short-term prediction, and I'm going to say the Oilers are going to start a new streak. Uh, and they are going to finish 2023 undefeated. You and I probably won't hook up before the end of the year again online. Uh, so if we don't, let's, that should be a good short-term prediction. So you're calling on six more wins, six consecutive wins coming? I am. Holy cow. Wow. Rangers in there on the road. Kings in there. I mean, there's, they, they should beat the Ducks and the Sharks. They should beat the Isles. Jersey, I and mean, you never know what you're going to get. They did just yep. beat them. The, the, yeah, the, whoa, that's, oh, I mean, good for you, man. That's that's bold. Um, I'm going to uh, double back to one of your earlier predictions, sort of. I'm going to reuse it, and I'm going to say that Connor Brown scores a goal in the state of New York. So Hello. in the next in wow. the next three games, you got Isles, Devils, Rangers, uh, between now and the 22nd. And it's probably been predicted. I'm sure lots of people are losing money on there. Connor Brown scoring a goal. Next game prediction. I feel like it's there. I feel like it's going to happen. So I'm putting it in those next three games. Well, you know, I think if you look at, at the body of work last night, man, the team's still playing at an unbelievably high level with unbelievable attention to detail and doing the right things and generating offense from playing defense and, all the things you talk about and you hear coaches talk about, they're doing. So I got no problem predicting this team never wins and never loses another game. Wow. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, they were head and shoulders the better team last yeah. night um, against a good team. And not they weren't they weren't a little bit better. They were they, they were, were better. They were twice as good. Yeah. They were twice as good. Exactly right. Well, I like that. It's bold, and we will uh, certainly see. Uh, I hope I hope you cash that one, man. I'm something's one of us has got it's got to happen. Even well, no when, one's ever accused me of playing it safe. So. No, that is not playing it safe, and I don't think mine is either. But I guess that's why we're O for the show to this point. Okay, you. Uh, I'll go. I'll go long term. This is tying back to my thing uh, with Drysital, and um, boy, this is a tougher one to put a time frame on. Uh, but let's say. Um, let's say by the end of March, I'll put, let's say end of March, I'll put that on it. By the end of March, I think we see Dylan Holloway end up yeah. being in, uh, finding himself in a regular spot in a top six role. Um, cause they're, they're missing that. Obviously they're missing, you know, top, you know, wingers for the second, the second set of wingers. And I think it's also important. Holloway was, you know, for whatever reason, seemed to be a little bit in Jay Woodcroft's doghouse. He hasn't played yet under this coach and under this regime. And I just have a feeling it's a it's sort of a fresh start for him when he comes back from this injury. And I think most people, uh, fans and media certainly, were feeling like Holloway was playing better than the minutes he was being given. And yeah. I, I just like the way that um, Chris Knobloch is 
is handling players and minutes, mostly d- distribution and deployment. I've been a fan of the way he's doing it. So that's my feeling. I'm going to say end of March, we're going to see. This is kind of a subjective one. You can tell me if I get this right or not. But my feeling is we're going to see Dylan Holloway in a, in a significant role in the top six by the end of March. I, I love it. He's, the, he's, he's our deadline acquisition. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. No, that, 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 that's a, that's a great, and, and mine is actually similar kind of in the same thread. And uh, my prediction is Broberg will be moved at the deadline for a valuable piece to the, you know, the, the cup run formula, you know, not for another prospect, not, you know, either a depth defenseman, a power play specialist, a third line center, a right-handed centerman, uh, the, you know, a veteran presence, an expiring contract. He's going to be moved for whatever that, need is come you know come deadline day yeah i like that and i think um having him in the minors now taking him right out of the equation up here in and out of the lineup five to seven minutes uh, you know bad matchups whatever i think that's probably the better way to showcase him too if you're trying to say we have this talent because he's unfinished he's an unfinished piece whether he's playing five minutes in the nhl or 20 in the ahl yeah so let him play there and shine and say, this is, this is what he is. And this is what you're getting in a trade. And I think it, it, it could, um, it can up his value. At least it stabilizes, yep. maybe makes him more of a known commodity. What, what he is. Well, and it, and it establishes his path to an NHL top four role. Like he, he needs a hundred AHL games and then he needs a hundred NHL games. You know, like there's a process to this that, we haven't followed with we the Oilers haven't followed with Broberg and which is strange in my opinion under uh under a GM that's done this in the past over and over and over again and let guys over percolate and let guys overdevelop. So just the handling of Broberg has been strange, Chris. Like like it really, really has. I think is the part of it is the pressure too of a whatever he was, an eighth overall pick. Yeah. I think a pressure, I'm not sure if it's pressure from the fan base or from the player or from his agent or what it is to say this is an eighth overall pick, so he needs to be doing X, Y, Z. Like, I'm not sure where that pressure comes from, but I think that pressure is felt, and that's why uh, uh, some of the mismanagement of his development, I think a lot of that stems from people feeling that pressure. I I, I accept that, and, uh, you know, on on another note, Great work today for a, you know for a guy you know for a guy who's limping along and, and injured over there and uh, not feeling too great. I thought we had a nice tight show there, Mister Producer. I think so too, and I managed to get well. My cough drop, I guess, kicked in because I had and also, but I'll say on the on the giving us the minus. If I cough a lot when I laugh, so that means we didn't make each other laugh that much today. Maybe we were too serious, but I don't um, necessarily uh, take on the role of comedian very often. So I, no. I, I'm okay with being serious guy. No, that's true. It's not your job to make me laugh. It uh, That just occurred to me. But yeah, no, excellent show. I really liked it. Where are we at? In at a tight uh, 2330 here or something like that. Oh, so, nice. So I think that's good. That's if we can tighten up our opening chit chat, yeah. which we didn't really do today. But if we can get that to 90 seconds and we're a 25 minute show and then we're rolling and we're rolling. This All right. This is good. Exactly. All right, good stuff, pal. Thanks very much for joining uh, me again today. You, I'll just say thank you because no, no one's watching or listening. So thank you, Curtis, for tuning in and joining me to chat some hockey. And uh, happy holidays to you and your family. If we don't, I don't think we'll be doing this again until 
probably the new year or just before, but um, go Oilers. Uh, hopefully they, they cash in for you with another streak here. And uh, I guess, uh, what's my ending line again? Oh, yeah. Um, until next time, keep your, what is it? Keep your, keep your eyes five open hole. and your five holes shut. Yes. I oh, nailed it. <laughs>